Hello and welcome to Mediumship Matters, your go-to spiritual development podcast. I'm your host Hannah McIntyre and I am so excited to have you here. Join me and other great guests as we explore what it means to be a medium, the work that we need to do and the questions that we need to ask for our own development and unfoldment. I'm so happy that you're here. Let's begin. Just to let you all know that my book, You Are a Medium, You Just Don't Know It Yet, is available to purchase on Amazon or via my website, www.hannamedium.co.uk. I am incredibly proud to be able to say that it is already an Amazon bestseller and I'm so grateful to all of you for your reviews, comments and feedback. Um, If you haven't already, please do check it out. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Mediumship Matters with me, Hannah McIntyre. How are you doing? I can't believe we're at launch day. Uh, God, the blood, sweat and tears into a computer (laughs) that has gone through is setting up the school. I am so excited. There's some amazing stuff on there. I can't wait for you all to experience it. Um, Yeah, really feeling celebrated. And I know there's more stuff in the wings to come. I really think this is going to be something quite magnificent. And I'm really excited to be a part of it with spirit. So I'm going to be answering some of your listener questions today. But before I do, I just wanted to talk about sleep. And I wanted to see if any of you have been experiencing what I'm experiencing, which is the more I go on my spiritual awakening, the more value I find in sleep. And I have the craziest dreams. I've always had crazy dreams. Sometimes 
I'm another person in another body, which always makes me laugh, knowing what I know now. Um, Wondering if I'm just getting little glimpses of where else my soul has incarnated. But I really find myself needing a lot of sleep, um, but also really feeling the value of it. I just wonder, does, you know, does anyone know what happens to our souls while we're asleep? Do we do we drift off? Do our souls exit our bodies and go to a, a big rave on the other side and, and have to come back? Like, why am I so excited to sleep? What's that about? I would love your takes on it because it's just fascinating to me. And of course, I do think there's something very powerful that happens when our human brain is out of out of the way. It was one of the um, earliest contacts I had with my grandfather after he passed was dreaming of him um, being in his old home, having a family party, and we knew that he had passed, um, but me being able to see him in their back garden through the window and nobody else being able to see him and me going, but look, he's right there, and nobody could see him apart from me. And now when I think of that dream... I think it's actually quite profound, but at the time I just woke up and went, well, weird, and carried on with my day. So please let me know. Send me a WhatsApp. It can be a text or a voice note. Send me an email. Let me know your thoughts. What are your what is your take on sleep? And have you noticed a change as you've developed more spiritually? Is it are you like me? Are you needing more of it? And are you really having a sense of anticipation about getting knocked out for eight hours. Let me know. Anyway, let's dive into these listener questions and see if we can't get through a few of them. Um, So the first one that I've got on the list is from Amber and we're heading all the way back to March. (laughs) Sorry, Amber. And Amber says, Hi, Hannah. I found your podcast this weekend and binged like a dozen episodes. It's one of the most informative mediumship podcasts I've come across. You're doing phenomenal work. Thank you for this gift. Well, thank you, Amber. What advice would you give to someone who is looking to better understand how they connect to spirit? Another way to ask this, is it possible to be a medium who doesn't work with past on loved ones? I'm a Reiki practitioner who receives clairvoyant visions whilst working. This often occurs in the form of vignettes, childhood memories of my clients, gif-like visions of animals or domestic scenes, and sometimes I see actual bright beings who are like humans but not quite. Very occasionally, I will see an ancestor or a human who is not my client. When I asked my guide what was going on, they showed me a vignette of a satellite and a word generator. Is this mediumship or psychic work or something else? Very, very best. Amber. So I think... Right, let's answer these questions in in order. Is it possible to be a medium who doesn't work with past on loved ones? No. But it is possible to be a medium who doesn't do evidential mediumship. Uh, but of course, by communing with the spirit world uh, they and the oneness, you are always communicating with somebody's past on loved ones. Um, but I think you meant not working with evidential mediumship in that. Um, now, I would say you're probably working psychically there. So if you are working psychically, you can be aware of spirits, ancestors, people that stand 
beside or in somebody's energy body as you are tuning into them but it's not the same as spirit communication it's just being aware of the energy in that person's auric space so I think that you're probably working with that but obviously you're communicating with your spirit guides as well and I love that you are picking things up like a satellite and being that generator of power so I think we often want spirit or we want to be told how our mediumship works but actually our mediumship works how we instruct our mediumship to work subconsciously or consciously so when um, I'm teaching students the main thing that I teach people is the idea that you have to set your intention of what frequency you're working in you have to be definitive about what it is you're, you're wanting to do um, because I don't think spirit control that. I think we are like the radio and we are tuning into a particular channel. And so spirit will send us whatever they send us. But if we are not picking it up through our antennae, that's because we're tuned into the wrong signal or the wrong space. Does that make sense? So I would suggest to you that you practice working in all the different frequencies that I've talked about on this podcast. So you get a greater understanding of what each one feels like, what it's like when you're in it, and you use that as more of a barometer. Is barometer the right word? You just use that to give you a greater understanding of how you're working and when you're working in different energies. So that would be my suggestion is practice. And I know that's really, really boring, but that is what I would do. So if I wanted to work to know when I was working psychically, I'd do lots of psychic work with the intention of I'm working psychically. I'm feeling the energy of this space. And then when I got good at that, I would say, right, I am working with spirit guides. I would like to commune with spirit guides here and I would get information from them. And then you know, when you're working with spirit guides, you can say, I want to receive my information today in the form of a colour. I want to see uh, my information today in the form of images. I want to hear words. I want to do automatic writing. I want to work with oracle cards. And in that intention is the expansion of your abilities. So I hope that that makes sense. Um, let me know if it doesn't. Feel free to drop me another email. I'm trying to get through these and hopefully we'll be a bit quicker in responding. But that would be my suggestion. You take charge of it. If that's what you want to do, if you want to know how you are communicating with spirit, then close off all of your valves apart from specific ones. Work in those energies and then open up different ones and work in those. And then you'll have a greater understanding of what is happening for you. Next up, I have a email from Andrew and Andrew says, "Hi Hannah, good day from Australia, long time first time. Something you say often that I really resonate with is that spirits shouldn't need human intervention to move on from earth to the other side. I really do agree with that as it seems to stem from a fear-based narrative and is completely removed from the idea that there is a grand design at play that was created by love itself." I've been listening to a lot of near-death experience podcasts lately and came across this one, which offers an alternative theory around trapped spirits, which I like a lot. 
The podcast Sam Reads Near-Death Experiences gets its content from Near-Death Experience Research Foundation website, which hosts a fantastic library of people's NDEs. Today I listened to Sam read Henry's experience, and the following excerpt is the part I thought you might be interested in. If it's not clear, Henry received the following answer to a question he asked a being that he interacted with whilst on the other side during his NDA. One question I also personally had, and that was answered, is, are ghosts real? The answer I was given was, yes, in the human body there are two forms of spiritual being. One is the soul, which is the spiritual being that has a symbiotic relationship with the physical body. The second is the being created by the biology of the human body. This being is intelligent and is basically the personality of the individual. Its purpose is to provide for the human needs of food, hunger, survival and procreation. This concept is very similar to Freud's id, ego and superego. The division of mind and personality. The soul provides us with all the things of the individual that separates us from the animal kingdom. This is the ability to reason, use logic or feel awe when, awe when seeing a sunset. The soul is the creative side of humankind. The second being is more our animal side and drives us to accomplish or pursue things that satisfy our needs or wants. When we die, the soul separates and proceeds to the other side. Forgive me for simplifying everything. The entity of the body dies, taking with it the strong emotions, baggage and drives of human beings. This is a natural part of the dying process. However, sometimes under violent or sudden death, this other being, for lack of better word, doesn't have a chance to die. Instead, it remains behind as the drive, emotions and motivation of our spirit. This body being, without the guidance of the soul, is basically just a shell. It wanders about with no goals or purpose. It often repeats acts that it has done before because memories are the only guidance that it has. In time, this being's energy dissipates and nothing is left. That process can take a long time. Hence, we have a ghost that haunts a house or a person. A ghost has the centre of its existence when it was with its human body and soul. Here on earth, it remains until it eventually vanishes. The ghost can be communicated with and guided, yet has no real will of its own, and only that of habit. What I love about this idea is that it supports your logical hypotheses, in that a soul of infinite intelligence should not need assistance from us mere mortals to get home, and offers some new logic to back up those who work with trapped spirits. In that scientifically, all energy is indestructible and has to go somewhere. And perhaps if you've lived a life where you haven't managed to align your personality to your soul's mission at all, the soul isn't as bound to the other energy as it might be if your human personality has done the work to seek alignment with the soul's purpose. In this scenario, maybe they don't easily slip out of here together or the soul deliberately leaves it behind because it can't wait to get away from the intolerable twin sibling it's been stuck with for a lifetime. Just food for thought, Andy. Interesting, Andy. I love it. And if you're listening to this, please do, listeners, tell us what you think. Does this resonate with you? Does this make sense? I just love thinking about it. Now, the only thing I will say about this is when we are communicating evidentially with loved ones in spirit, one of the things that I really like about that 
is that they do maintain their individuality. You don't get spirits coming in that are like, I am the oneness. And you say, but who are you? And they go, I am the oneness. And you say, you know, what did you like to do when you were here? And they go, nothing to do with me. I am the oneness. So I guess maybe it's not all the personality. If we were going to follow this theory, maybe it's part of the personality that stays behind see I mean it kind of links in with what I believed which is that it's the energy left behind which isn't the soul it's just the energy of the experience um but isn't the personality it's just the energy of the experience I wonder Andy I mean I do really wonder we will have to think on this and explore it and if you're listening and you've got a thought let me know I'd love to hear your take on it But thank you for emailing, Andy. Really, really interesting. Next question is from Ellen. And Ellen says, Hi, Hannah. I used to have a few Reiki clients. Sometimes I get funny turns during the healing, feeling faint as if going to pass out. Sometimes felt as if getting overtook by spirit or something. I know it sounds ridiculous. On one occasion, I had to stop the session and vomited. Luckily, it was a friend who I was doing Reiki for. If I try to do self-treatments, I feel as if I could cry for days. I'm turning away clients as I now fear doing Reiki for myself or clients. And I'm not meant to do Reiki anymore. I value your opinion and I would be grateful for your advice. Thanks. Well, Ellen, I really think that this just shows that there's a massive shift in energy going on with you and the best gift that you can give yourself is to work on your self-healing and persevere with that but don't do massive long self-healing sessions start with just five minutes at a time so as you know with Reiki when you are being the conduit for the Reiki energy it heals you as well as your clients and what it feels like to me is your Um, channeling this beautiful, pure, high vibrational energy, but it's actually too much for your system to take. So this doesn't mean that you're not supposed to be a healer, but it does mean that you need to learn from this experience and look after yourself for a little bit first. So my suggestion would be start very, very small. Um, Start with doing five minute sessions and make sure after the session is done, you take some time for grounding. So the best way for grounding um, can't be beaten is walking barefoot with the intention of ground grounding outside on a lawn or on the beach or something like that. Um, I hope it's not snowing or anything where you are in the world, Ellen, because that would be cold. I would wear shoes in that circumstance. But that is what I would start with. And When I first started working with spirit, one of the ways that I knew that spirit were there was because I would get a feeling akin to travel sickness. It would be like I was spinning and it did make me feel nauseous and I hated it. And then, weirdly, when it stopped, I missed it because then I hadn't got my physical symptom anymore that spirit were there. And that was purely because I just reached into a higher vibration from doing the work on myself and working with spirit and allowing myself to rise so it wasn't such a difference. So I don't think you are doing anything wrong. You just need to 
focus on you for a bit, look after you, um, really take it slow and steady with your healing, just five minutes a day, every day, and then the following week, six minutes a day every day and then the following week seven minutes a day every day until you can get yourself up um into you know 20 25 minutes and then when you can do about half an hour without having a big reaction that is when you can start working um with clients again i hope that helps ellen and i'm really sorry um but it is an easy fix if not a pretty dull and unexciting fix i think that will really change things for you Next up, I've got an email from John, and John says, um, Hello, Hannah. Thank you for your entertaining, informative podcasts. I was very taken by your spiritual view of God. A topic I would like to hear discussed is, could a medium work alongside another medium with the same client? I would also like to explore... Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Arranging a first sitting, but as a Roman Catholic, I have concerns about disturbing departed souls. Any pointers would be much appreciated. Kind regards, John. Ah, John, where do I start with this one? Let's start with um, a medium work alongside another medium with the same client. Yes, they can. I personally don't like it, though. And I have never understood the purpose of it. Um, It's something that happens quite a lot at colleges and and in group learning groups and things where they do a, a dual link. And you think... The trouble for me is mediumship is all about momentum and energy. And so what you're trying to do is blend with the spirit to such a point that the energy and the blend is so deep that the evidence comes quickly, that um, you can go deeper and deeper and faster and faster with it. And that comes from not allowing yourself to stop, not allowing yourself to pause or doubt or hold on to energy. As soon as you're taking turns with another medium, you are putting the brakes on on your own blend because you can't get another piece of evidence because you've got to wait for the other medium to do their bit. And you've then got a if you do get anything, you've got to try and hold on to it and not move into memory and maintain that blend. So for me, I don't get it. Equally, I mean, it's fun to do things that push your limitations. So I have done it. I have, I do do it. It's an interesting thing. The first time I ever did it was with a teacher at Arthur Finley College on the stage 
on the platform uh, in front of everybody. Um, and she was really lovely. But even then, I couldn't really understand, you know, as the medium, how long was I supposed to talk for? How much evidence was I get? How much was I supposed to unfold it? Um, was I taking up too much of her time, her connection? I just, it brings, I mean, I know I'm very British, but it just brings a lot of questions and anxieties which stop me from getting in my power. So it can be done. Whether it should be or not is entirely up to you. If you love it, if you're a medium listening to this and it's your favourite thing to do, then go for it. I'm glad for you. But for me, it, it isn't. Um, now, de disturbing departed souls. I don't believe that souls slumber. I don't believe that they need to be resting. I believe they come from a place of full power and unlimited energy and unlimited potential and power and they also just walk beside us every day they haven't really gone anywhere and because they haven't gone anywhere you're not really disturbing them because they're already beside you anyway but I do understand the conditioning I'm sorry if you can hear my dog barking in the background of this John always professional um I do understand you know the teachings of the church are very definitive on matters like this. Um, now, my personal belief is they're very definitive about that because it stopped people communing with the spirit world themselves. And then, of course, they had to get a priest to do it. And in getting a priest to do it, you created more money for the church. Um, but that's just my view. But I think there's a lot of things in um, Catholicism, particularly, that are designed specifically to create a divide between humans and the spirit world. And actually, it's there, it's natural, it's for us, it's available. It's, for, it's our birthright, it's every single person's birthright. And they will not mind being disturbed because they weren't really being disturbed. They were beside you anyway. I hope that helps, John, and I hope that makes sense. Okay, I think she's finally stopped, um, and I've managed to not search for a taxidermist just yet, but there's still time. It may still happen because, yeah, she's a pain in the butt. Right, next email comes from Natalie, and Natalie says, making the first steps in face-to-face -face readings. Hi, Hannah. Thank you for your podcast. I really love listening to what it feels like my own little world at times. But I now, the, I now realise there's so many people who enjoy this too. I've been developing for seven months and I'm doing okay at my development group and I've done some readings over messages, but I've realised it's a better link when face to face. The only thing is I don't seem to dare to arrange a practice face to face reading outside of my development group. I have all the questions. Do I go to theirs or do they come to mine? Do I burn incense? Do we sit face to face and close? Do I sit down or stand up? Do I do my first one with a complete stranger so I know it's not my mind throwing what I know in? How long should I do the reading for? I just can't seem to get the confidence to do it. Help. Many thanks, Natalie. Okay, so first thing I would say, Natalie, is you can do readings online that aren't messages. Um, I would do that 
Zoom readings work just as well, um, but you do need the instantaneous response um, of the sitter to be able to build that blend. Very similarly to me saying about two two mediums connecting with one spirit, you don't want to be stopping and pausing and waiting for somebody to type a response. It's why I stopped doing evidential mediumship lives on Facebook, because it was taking people so long to verify the evidence I was giving. It was pulling me out of my power and making my mediumship less good. So bear that in mind. Now, it's a big leap. It's a big jump when you decide to start doing face-to-face readings or, or, or readings for people. And um, there is no way of making it easier, unfortunately. You have to go through the kind of horror um, to get to the other side. I would start with people that you know and you feel safe with, but I would ask for spirits to come in that you don't know any information about. So, for example, when I read for my husband, I told him, I won't be able to get your nan or your uncle because I've met them, I know them, so it will be somebody I've never met. And, of course, spirit brought the goods. So maybe consider something like that, but I would just be it's a funny space of needing to push it forward but also understanding that your mediumship is precious and soft and needs to be loved and looked after and finding the space in that um so don't offer your mediumship especially at the beginning to the wrong person now do i go to theirs or do they come to mine I would recommend they come to you because you can control the energy of your space at home. When I was doing Reiki when I first started and I went to visit people in their houses, I sat in some disgusting, filthy, unpleasant energy homes. I mean, there was one lady who had a dog and a baby and that were both just loose um, The house stank. Uh, It was just really difficult to get into the zone. And I am aware that, of course, she probably needed healing more than most people. But equally, I couldn't really get into the flow because I was worried about the baby. I was trying to watch it. I was being mindful of the dog. I was trying not to gag because it smelt so much. So, yeah, I would say do it at yours. um, But find what works for you. You can burn incense if you want to. I mean, incense is lovely. You don't have to. You don't need to sit really close to people. Um, You can sit down or stand up, but I think it would be a bit weird for your sitter if you stood up and pacing and moving back and forth while they were sat down in a chair waiting to receive uh, a reading. So just a normal amount of space away from somebody is perfectly fine as if you were having a job interview or something Um, just the other side of a table or a desk or you don't want to be right up in their face Um, do I do my first one with a complete stranger well we've just covered that really Um, you can do or, or you work with somebody you know I mean it's always easier to do it with somebody you know where you feel a bit safe and you're exploring Um, And I would suggest that you do the reading at the beginning for probably around 10 minutes. Now, what you need to do is work out how long you hold your power for and stop before you run out. Because the biggest thing that ruins mediumship for developing mediums 
is they push themselves too far too quickly and then they wonder why it's not working. So what you need to do is start small and allow it to evolve and grow. Don't start really big and then get frustrated when you can't do it. So I would... um, Start with 10 minutes and if 10 minutes feels good and when you finished you felt like you could have done more, then next time try 12 minutes. But also understand that different sitters bring different energies and so therefore there is no hard and fast rule for your battery. You just have to kind of go with the average. There are some readings that I've done that I could have kept going for another hour and there have been some where I've been three minutes in and I've glanced at the clock and known it's going to be the longest 45 minutes of my life. But it took me a while to build up to 45 minutes. So don't push yourself too hard. And the trouble with all mediumship development, Natalie, is that you won't get to where you can possibly be until you are brave enough to read for somebody else. And you have to kind of break through your own doubt and your own... uh, lack of belief in your abilities and all of that to be able to prove to yourself that you can do it. So that's my suggestion. I hope that it helps. Um, But basically remember that it's yours. It's yours to do with as you wish. So what feels good to you, follow that. What feels right to you, follow that. What feels comfortable and exciting to you, Follow that because that's where your best work will be when you have created a space that feels special and secure and a place where you feel like you can and take that leap of vulnerability that mediumship is and expand and grow. So I hope that that helps. We are going to do one more. Julie has messaged, Hi, I'm Julie and I've always been drawn to anything spiritual and have had a few unusual experiences in my life that I've not been able to explain. I've also in the past had the good fortune to travel abroad with my work and have found myself drawn to any kind of religious buildings or ancient sites and monuments. I won't waffle too much as you don't need my life story, but I wonder if you could help me with something that happened about five weeks ago. I'm a choreographer and dance teacher and I was doing a small rehearsal with 10 cast members of an amateur operatic society's production of Shrek. Shrek. Julie, that sounds amazing. Unfortunately, during one of the numbers, a lovely man who's around 77 collapsed right in front of me. It happened so quick. He was a knight in the show. He was holding a play sword and he looked right at me and smiled and one second later collapsed. My sensible head immediately kicked in. I asked a cast member to put him in the recovery position while I called an ambulance and then I just knew I had to start CPR as he was blue. I started CPR while on the phone to the 999 centre but he was unconscious and not breathing while I was doing this. Some colour came back into his face and as I had both my hands on his chest I looked into his face still unconscious but suddenly felt this incredible energy, almost electric current leave him and run up my arms. I knew then, not sure how, but I just did, that his spirit had left his body. And in the moment, the paramedics arrived and started using a defibrillator. But I didn't say anything, and I knew he wouldn't come back. It was a small church hall we rehearsed in, and while the paramedics were working on him, I found a chapel where I knelt and said a prayer and tried to shake off this energy. 
The paramedics did get his heart started again, but he didn't start breathing. I followed them to the hospital and sat in the waiting room with his wife in the hospital. 45 minutes later, they pronounced him dead. I stayed with his wife while they told her until his family arrived so she wasn't alone. It was all very traumatic and unexpected and it's taken me a few weeks to get over. But my question is, can someone's spirit travel through someone else's body as they leave their own body? Is this usual and did he know he was about to die with that smile before he collapsed? Will his spirit have passed through me into the spirit world? I'm just worried he may still be stuck here in the earth plane. I've tried to connect with him, but I'm not sure how. I went to his grave two days ago, but felt nothing there. But I just can't shift this feeling I got when I was doing the CPR and I still feel I need to to help his spirit. Many thanks for reading my story. Oh, Julie, I'm so sorry you went through that. That is incredibly traumatic. But no, I do not believe that his spirit will be trapped here. And I think probably what you felt was just his spirit passing. Um, So it won't have really gone through you in the sense that you weren't the conduit for it. It went through you just because you happened to feel it because you were touching him. And I know uh, some of my friends have worked um, as nurses and things like that. And they have seen spirits leaving bodies um and lights traveling and things like that so um yeah that's pretty amazing and this just reminds me of when my grandmother passed and spirit told me that she had passed a few hours before her body actually died because sometimes it takes a little while for the physical to catch up with the fact that the soul has left I don't feel that he's stuck here. I feel that obviously there's a connection here for you because you are in that horrible position of feeling responsible and wondering if you could have done it better, should have done more, could have changed the outcome. And I really don't believe that you could. And part of the reason I believe that, Julie, is because of that smile. Because whatever he saw in that moment as he collapsed... I know that he was looking at you and smiling, but I think he was also seeing spirit coming to collect him. And I think he was smiling in recognition at the people that were greeting him from the other side. And that is always how spirits show uh, death to me is. It's almost like just as we're getting close to the moment of, of leaving, we are. Are. Are clairvoyant abilities just kick in massively and we are able as we start to move into that space and our vibration changes we are able to see spirit and be reunited as we take those final moments so please don't worry julie you've done absolutely nothing wrong you don't need to worry about him um moving on he will already be in spirit and just there and ready and of course if you look back at the earlier episodes of this podcast um, there is some information on that about how to communicate with people in spirit but it's always harder to communicate I think with people we know and also when there's that real need when you are wanting to know that they're okay and you're wanting to know um, that you haven't done anything wrong you've got a lot of emotion there and your emotion unfortunately everybody's emotion is the barrier to their own communication with spirit. It's a bugger. 
So I hope that that helps, Julie, and I'm sending you so much love. And if you've got a story like Julie's, please do consider voice noting it and dropping it to me on WhatsApp or emailing it over. Um, Because I think the more that we share these, the more that we can see the similarities and we can get greater understanding of what people are seeing, what we are experiencing and what's happening. So there we go. Uh, another episode done thank you all so much for your questions I've still got more to get through and I will keep going Um, but it's I love your questions it's always fascinating to me what comes up and and how it all unfolds have a wonderful day and I'll catch up with you soon Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it. As always, I'm here just to ask you to click that follow button, to share the podcast on your social media and leave a review. These things help me so much with reaching more people, getting better guests, getting more information out there. So anything you can do to help would be gratefully received. And I will catch up with you again soon. Thanks for listening.